Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Our guest today, as my mother said, is Todd Hochberg, and our topic is Moments Held Bereavement Photography When a Baby or Child Dies. Todd Hochberg is a documentary photographer working in conjunction with hospital bereavement programs, palliative care programs, hospices, and directly with individuals. He makes documentary, documentary photo- photographs for families struggling with the serious illness or death of a loved one. His Touching Souls Bereavement Photography has supported parents experiencing perinatal loss as they say goodbye to their babies since 1997. Welcome to the show, Todd. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to have you on the show, Todd. Thank you. Well, your your work is incredible, and you've you've presented uh, your work a lot around the United States, haven't you? I do regularly, uh, probably, yeah, eight or nine times a year out of of, uh, the area in which I live, but yes, Uh that's true. I was, yeah, go ahead. And and you've got a great internet site showing uh, the pictures. That's very touching. Well, tell us tell us a little bit about your work to start with, because uh, it, it's it's kind of amazing. I, I just don't think most people have been exposed to anything like this. Well, my work is is uh, I call it documentary, and for those who don't understand that word or are not familiar with it, basically um, I'm I'm responding to what's happening in the, in the uh, environment in which I'm photographing, and I don't pose or direct in any way. Doesn't mean I don't interact with the people I'm uh, photographing, but it's more um, without any uh, direction. Um, and so these photographs are taken uh, before, during, and after uh, the death of a, a baby or a child, um, in hopes that these photographs will will become touchstones for their feelings and memories during this very uh, precious uh, sacred time. Now, um, how do you get in touch with these people? And how, well, let's ask you first. How did you get into the field of photography? You, you were in the field, and then moved into this direction, or did you see the need to have uh, these photographs taken and, and go from there? How did you sure. start? Well, I, I've been uh, involved with uh, healthcare for 20 years as a medical photographer, uh, working in hospitals, um, and the work kind of grew out of that. Uh, association and being in that environment um, and began doing the, the, the bereavement photography when I became aware of uh, memorial photography that was done 150 years ago in the Victorian age, uh, both here in America and in Europe, commonly in fact, and uh, knew a chaplain that worked with families um, whose babies uh, and children died and, and uh, approached her uh, myself to see if there was some way I could help because these images that I'd seen from history seemed so evocative and, and meaningful uh, for me today. So you started out like taking pictures of babies in the newborn clinic? Is that how you started? or uh, the first I mean, before you got into the bereavement photography? No, no. I was a, a general medical photographer um, working in, in a hospital setting which where we did everything from um, public relations and uh, marketing uh, materials for brochures for the oh, hospital okay. as well as uh, surgical photography. and um, So certainly did a lot of patient care photographs, but they were not, they were not 
taken at the time of death, no. They were made for programs for education, for teaching um, residents and nurses, etc. Uh-huh. Now, talk a little bit about the Victorian photography. How did the Victorians get into doing this? It was quite a big deal to do photography then. You'd have to have a definitely a professional person. Not everyone would have a camera, and they had. Um, it must have been quite the setup. Yes, it was quite so. And uh, the the need the, the cameras were very large and unwieldy, and. They were they required a lot of uh, light to make exposures and long exposure times. Oftentimes, uh, every town didn't necessarily have a photographer, so there would be these uh, these photographers who would travel to the small towns around the country, and they would set up and, and offer photographic services while they were in the town. So it may be that uh, a given family might not, might only have one photograph of a child before the age of eighteen or something taken at a specific time in history, say the 1860s, 1850s. Um, and so, you know, it, it it was a very costly venture as well, and, and um, families would uh, not, be, not, be, not be able to afford more than um, uh, a, number, a number, number of images taken per, um, per year, say. So many families might not have another image beside the one that was taken uh, when a child died, given mm-hmm. uh, the expense and and. And in those uh, days, a lot of children died. Many, yeah, many, right? Many children died very young, um, and for them, it was uh, a way of of similarly to to mark this this time and, and the importance and significance of this child's life in the family. Um, and that's what touched me so. I mean, yeah. there, are, there are images as well that, that show uh, parents uh, holding their, their uh, children uh, that have died in their arms. Um, so they would be set up in, in, a, in a makeshift studio in order to do that. I just wanted to say during that Victorian era, uh, there was like an 80% death rate of young kids mm-hmm. under the age of eight. It was, and many people lost ma- numerous children. It, yeah, it was really incredible. And also um, during the colonial era, and maybe the Victorian, I don't know, we'll have to ask Todd, but they used to dress kids up almost like little adults and put them to work. And one of the reasons was it, because they didn't live, the, you know, trying to deal with that um, you know, attachment. I just don't. I don't know how they did it. It's pretty incredible. Well, and like you said, Mom, initially, like Todd was talking about, it was okay and normal to take pictures of children that had died, and then for some reason, people stopped doing it, and it almost became like people thought it was a strange thing to do. And I'm so glad now Todd is normalizing this and saying this, and and being part of the process and taking pictures of children that have died because these are kids and these are people's children, and that's the only physical, you know, thing that they have to hold on to after a child dies is these photos. Right, and uh, Todd talked a little bit about uh, why it's a good idea to take these pictures, which I think is great, and and how it helps the grieving process. Todd, can you talk a little bit about that, why you do it? Yes. Um, you got me thinking about the... Uh, Victorian era. <laughs> uh, well, well, let's, t- let's mention that. Why did it become taboo to take pictures? Yeah. I'll just say briefly that um, lots of things uh, influence that change in, in mores about uh, death, in, death in America in, in a general sense uh, with the advent of uh, several things uh, uh, in terms of modern medicine coming into play 
and uh, the advent of uh, mortuary science. So, you know, the Civil War provided the opportunity for, uh, was the first time that bombing was used to move uh, uh, loved ones, these soldiers, back home. And so, you know, funeral parlors started opening and doing the work that was normally done or the holding the services that were normally held in the home. So death got removed from common experience of, of the everyday person uh, to a special place, and as well as, you know, hospitals took over the care of these families, uh, these, these uh, uh, patients before they, they died. So a lot of things... So well, you know, one of the things that came in was sulfur drugs during World War One, which started saving lives, and then uh, what uh, penicillin came penicillin. in later, and that really decreased the birth death rate. Yeah, right. Really decreased it. So, so they started it started being an industry, and then people didn't have it in the home, so they'd have the baby at home, and it could have a photographer come, right? Well, not only that, but the connection to the experience was was different, had changed, and so. Um, the culture was changing with that. Um, yeah. So what about the connection now? Uh, talk to us about right. how people so, get in touch with you and what it does for them. And, and yeah, how they learn about you and, and do people in the hospital come to them and tell, tell them about your service or how does that happen? Well, maybe I should start by, by talking about the, the, the reasons to, to make the pictures and, and what parents have responded with um, mm-hmm. accordingly. And primarily, and there, there are differences between the, the significance for families whose babies uh, have died versus uh, older children because the older children, uh, generally pa- families have other mementos from uh, their child's life, photographs, video, potentially other things. With babies, there's very little. Um, and so... The significance there is, is critical to uh, a uh, let families, let parents know that their baby's life uh, and 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 death was real. It did happen, uh, and it's very significant with perinatal loss. Uh, and also validating their feelings at the time through the photographs that capture some of this uh, deep, deep connection. Um, and the relationship between them and their baby. Over yeah, I think that is really fantastic on your site because you can really see the look of the parents with those babies, don't you, Heidi? Oh, yeah. I love the photo where she's kissing the tiny preemie. A mom's kissing the preemie. It's it's so touching. It's so powerful. And so and validating it, those feelings. And then do you want to go on, Tom? And yeah, and it, and it affirms their parenthood, which, you know, mm-hmm. may be very short in, in actual clock time, but very large in terms of, of their uh, their connection and their hopes and dreams over potentially 20 or 30 years of, of this uh, that's all brought to this moment with this particular baby. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Heidi and I talk a little bit, too, about the fact that those pictures that you don't take, those early ones, um, the ultrasound pictures, right. become their first connection, too, so they can yeah. go from their ultrasound pictures to your pictures. And, I mean, they've connected for nine months. And recently, I mean, my son is nine and a half, and they've done so much even in the last nine and a half years. I just saw a current one that someone had just done that my friend of mine was pregnant, and it was on video, and it's three-dimensional. This child looks like it's already born. Wow. It's amazing how advanced the technology is now. So they go from that to, to the affirmation of your pictures, and then um, you want to go on with that? Sure, and, and there's certainly value and incredible uh, Need for uh, documenting of the details of of their baby, uh, 
and often seeing, you know, family traits passed on to to this baby, and and the, the details of their physical features are, are very very crucial for parents to. So really to knowing remember. what you've lost, being able to get yeah. a hold of that. You know what I love about that you're talking about this, Todd, because a lot of we have a lot of breed people listening to the show, and we see pictures of their kids. You know, uh, we'll go to compassionate friends; they'll bring them, maybe their babies, whatever. And some people think it's bizarre, and I, I just I think it's so great to normalize this for people and say it's okay, and you are getting something out of it. And not only to ce- to look at the loss, but to celebrate the life that you created. Right. When Todd takes photos, you can see that, and like he said. You're looking at the features of the dissimilar, and they're the same, and celebrating that. And for those who who can't quite grasp the, the importance for, for bereaved parents, uh, the photographs are not morbid. Uh, they are. They might have some sadness attached to them, but they are very much affirming, uh, life affirming, um, <clears throat> because they're not about death. They're very much about uh, this life, this 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 baby that is theirs. Um, for the time they they have them in their lives and for you know eternity in their hearts. Um, oh, that's the, beautiful. The piece, I, I like the eternity in their hearts, mm-hmm. don't you, Heidi? Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, and the other piece is uh, how the photographs become these touchstones for feelings and memories, and 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 operate uh, afford different uh, uh, value to parents over time. The way any grieving object works for a parent or for an individual who's grieving over time, where they become, <clears throat> they they share different different uh, different pieces of gold over the, the, the weeks, the months, the years that they they look at them. Uh, and lastly, they they can provide for for others who may never have met this child or this baby uh, a, a narrative, an illustrated narrative of their story. I love that because I'm thinking about the siblings, too, about how the siblings, even though they maybe weren't born yet, can see that this was their real uh, brother or sister. Right, and that they had a loss also, the loss of their sibling. Absolutely, and they can grieve that loss years later. And even, you know, I have a student that had a sibling die before she was born, and she said, well, I don't think it impacted me, and I said, it absolutely did. It impacted your entire family, and it changed the way that your parents parented you. Because they had had the death of a child before you were born, it's very I, impactful for a family. I have photographed uh, uh, the death of a twin and the surviving twin. Uh, you know, one particular family I'm thinking of is uh, like six years old now, and and she has re- she has looked at these pictures all her life since she was mm-hmm. able to do so a year or two, uh, and is very close to her sister. Um, in in her life and understands uh, in different ways as she's aged, you know, age appropriate ways, what happened and and, and how, uh, including her in this story of her sister's life has been healing for her as well. That's so wonderful because twin loss is so profound and twins have such a unique bond when they're in utero. And we're doing a show next week on the very subject of twin loss. Absolutely, I love that she. Has well, you know, it's time for it's time for us to go to break now. But before we want to go to break, I, I want to say that if you are out there and you didn't get a picture of your child, we could talk a little bit about maybe some of the things you could do. Um, maybe a drawing, have somebody draw something, or a picture, or that reminds you of them, or uh, you know, setting. You could even do a memory book 
about uh, your baby. So um, it's never too late to to touch base with those kinds of things. We want to mention the fact that you, uh, it's not just a death of a, uh, early death of a child, but you also photograph older children? Yes. Uh, in the last two years, I've begun to work with uh, families whose older children are uh, dying in, in the pediatric intensive care units and even more recently begun doing some uh, palliative care uh, work and will be doing home visits with uh, you know, children who uh, have, are on hospice uh, care at home. Um, and the need for the pictures in those scenarios uh, are clearly different because, as I mentioned earlier, the, these families have uh, uh, likely have mementos and, and other uh, photographs taken in, in their child's life that are precious to them. However, this time uh, in their lives um, may offer, uh, well, certainly there's, there's incredible preciousness to the time, and, and there's often an intimacy and, and love that's shared in this time that could be very valuable for families to reconnect with during their child's life and then again um, after their child has died so uh, as they grieve. And so there, there is, you know, this, the value of, of pictures for those families. So and you I, would suggest to families that, um, that if they have pictures uh, and their child's already died, that they, they really are valuable and, you know, at the hospital or whatever, and they might want to put those together in uh, some kind of an, a scenario, an album or whatever. And, and, again, what do you think that does for families to have those pictures? Well, <clears throat> you know, how important is family history to us? And, and what, when we think about family history, uh, what do we mostly, how do we mostly connect with or key into different aspects of, of our, our stories? And, and it's through, through photographs primarily. Um, anybody, and regardless of whether you're talking about uh, death or not, uh, think about, you know, points in our lives that, that, that an image comes to mind typically. Um, and, the, and photographs are storytellers, and, and, and in that aspect of story, uh, we find incredible connection to, uh, to love and, and um, in, in the case of loss, uh, an ability to remake ourselves in, in the wake of that loss. So I, um, certainly, as you're describing, when, when a child dies or anybody dies, there's often uh, you go to any funeral or wake or uh, visitation, there are photographs, there are albums, there are posters that families put together. It's an incredible way of, of honoring and remembering uh, I think that's what you're speaking to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I like the idea that it's a family history, don't you, Heidi? Absolutely. It makes a lot of sense to me, and I think it's a great idea. And we're we're always talking about, I, I run a compassionate friends group, and one thing that people love to do is bring their pictures, you know, um, and mm -hmm. so we encourage people to try to do some kind of a theme and say bring your pictures. And it's not, you know, the sad thing, bring a picture of a happy memory over this holiday or whatever. And uh, people love to show the pictures of their kids and, 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 you know, any of their loved ones. The pictures are really important. But uh, the family history aspect is really great. Well, how do you um, get involved with a family? I mean, how, how, do, how do you go into a family who's mm -hmm. had this kind of a loss? And how okay. do they find out about you? Yeah, um, several ways. Uh, I am involved uh, uh, 
have relationships with various institutions within the, the Chicago uh, area, uh, hospitals, hospices that that uh, will contact me when there's a uh, a family they think might be interested in, in my uh, what I might offer, and they'll call and check my availability and then offer the service to that particular family. Um, so it's kind of word of mouth and from the Chicago area. Yeah, I also have, uh, you know, the website. Yeah, give us your website. It's www.todhockberg.com. It's H-O-C-K-B-E-R-G. Oh, no, that's how I was spelling it. An easier way to reach it might be touchingsouls.org. It'll reach the same site. Probably easier to spell that. Yeah, it's H-O-C-H-B-E-R-G. I, I spelled it generically because I wanted to make sure I said yeah. it right on the show. Yeah. But um, I wanted to ask you, how do you get funded? Do you have any funding? Yeah. Yeah, so just to, to follow up on the, on the last question. So people can reach me directly through the website uh, if they're interested, and I've had families contact me directly um, as well as through hospital. And, and these are families, uh, Todd, yeah. where the children are dying or terminally ill, is that correct? Yes, or uh, there's a uh, mom has a pregnancy that that is likely uh, not uh, going to have a, a, a positive outcome. So she's aware that there might be a um, a death that they'll have to uh, contend with. So they'll co- contact me in advance. And, and so you go into the room right after pretend in in the event that a mom has a pregnancy where she thinks she's going to give birth to a stillborn. Baby, you will go into the room right after the baby's born and start to photograph. Is that how it works? Yeah, I, w- I will. Uh, it varies as to when I when I uh, first meet families. Sometimes, uh, if there's months of of notice in terms of their uh, uh, are expecting a stillbirth, um, I can come to talk to them on the phone, meet with them. Uh, but oftentimes, I'll get a call and be at their side within a half hour. Um, with their baby in their arms, or delivering it at the, you know, when I when I uh, arrive, or um, baby in a NICU that's uh, sadly uh, uh, dying, and and I'll spend you know an hour or so with them before and during, and then after up to you know three four hours up to you know based on the family's needs. God, this is amazing. I am absolutely amazed that you're you're doing this work. And what a wonderful thing for a pregnant person who um, wants pictures of the baby to know you're there and that you're interested and that you care and you're going to stick around. And it's so incredibly validating. Thank you. And and it must be incredibly emotional for the families, I mean, to walk into this kind of setting, I imagine. There must be a lot of emotions in the room. Yes. And you know it's 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 incredibly so. And each time I I attend to one of these uh, occasions, um, I'm I'm amazed at, at the depth of emotion and the richness of spiritual uh, uh, connection as well. And uh, and remember that um, as I enter, and I'm always you know. 
it's confirmed for me that each family's experience is unique and must be honored in in that uniqueness. You know, regardless of where they're where they're coming from and and you know uh, from every aspect of their lives. Um, and so there's a richness there. So are, are the families, uh, this might be a weird question, are the families posing for you or are they just going about grief, their grief process and then you're kind of in the backdrop kind of documenting it with your camera? I, I'm with them in support uh, mm-hmm. and uh, photographing as they spend time with their baby or child. Um, I, I've, I've asked families, uh, I've, I've Initially, when I first began doing the work, how they felt about my presence and was I intrusive? I don't use flash. I don't pose or direct anything. Um, uh, and families routinely have told me they're aware of my presence and support, but oblivious to the camera, which is really, you know, what I aim for. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me. The last uh, thing I want to do is be intrusive on their experience and, and, and alter what what they need. Uh, by my being uh, present. Mm-hmm. Do you see? Have you seen any uh, ethnic differences in how fe- uh, people respond to the loss or being photographed? Or well, clearly there's there's uh, differences in how people, uh, you know, the manifestation of their grief in, in the time of their loss, uh, based on culture, uh, religion, personal history. But um, what's what I feel. Uh, the pain of the, the the depth of the loss, the depth of their uh, experience is often, you know, more common. But the manifestation of that uh, varies. Yes, def- most definitely. How would you How would you see it varying? Are there certain people who are more willing to be photographed? What if you've got a husband oh, who doesn't want to do it and a wife that does, or uh, vice versa? Yeah, that that will happen on occasion, but generally, uh, there have been a number of instances where, uh, you know. One parent would be opposed, and and the other, you know, so they'll invite me in. The one parent will be there, and they'll the, the trust uh, builds up to where the other the other uh, parent gets comfortable rather quickly with my my being there, and ultimately, and this is the thing that's really really tricky, uh, is so grateful to have reluctantly agreed to do this, and it's difficult for parents to. To uh, initially understand uh, and uh, you know consider this uh, as as an option, like the culture in general doesn't necessarily understand it. But yeah, and you know one trust. Yeah, go they ahead. They do trust and uh, find uh, ultimately that it was the right decision. And I, um, I would think that women would be more open to being photographed than men. Is that true or not? Uh, yeah, I would say... <laughs> You're thinking about it, right? <laughs> I'm thinking, yes. I don't, I don't know. I had a father last week whose uh, the mom was adamant about not not doing it, not being there, and, and dad was holding his his three-year-old, caressing her, and, and tears falling, and, and he was right there with her and wanting these photographs. He says, I know my I know my wife was, was against this, but I want it for me. So... I mean, wow. I, I, I wouldn't, you know, I can't say. Uh, it's a really an individual families, thing. Most yeah. of the families have, have uh, agreed as 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 uh, a couple to, to go ahead with it. But, yeah, maybe maybe so. Mm-hmm. And his three-year-old was dying? I'm sorry. Yes, yes. Okay. 
Now, how how is it for you? Were you there when the child died? Yes. And that, that must and you're photographing. You're seeing that. Every, I mean, you probably yeah. see it more clearly than anyone. Um, and, and oftentimes, I'm I'm the only one in the room with parents because the rest of the team kind of gives them the, the, the space to um, to be with their child and and uh, um, you know clearly ready if, if if there's a need or chaplain needs to come in or what have you. But there's an incredible privilege uh, that I'm that I'm given to to be present. And do the people them. that are grieving hug you or or no? Do they hug me? Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of early grief. Like when I found out my brother died, it's such a physically and emotionally big experience. It's really overwhelming. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if they tried to include you in, I mean, just because they're so overwhelmed with their own grief oh, in the grief process, so. or are you kind of just on the looking in on the outside? Well, I don't. Yeah, and I'm not a. I don't see myself as a, uh, a commercial photographer in this sense, sense at all. I, I I really come in as a as a support person. The camera is sort of just a part of who I am, mm-hmm. and so I do get I do invest myself emotionally, and I think they understand that. And and there is uh, a a in a appreciation of that and so the, the hugs naturally come they naturally right. come i uh, want that, that makes i want to offer it to them they they want they want to you know reciprocate so um I, of course it's not a forced thing it, it's only if it's appropriate for them how do you get funded my work is funded entirely by uh through philanthropy um donations from individuals and organizations the uh one particular hospital that I work with here in Chicago Children's Memorial Hospital has been uh, wonderful in getting their foundation behind the work and incorporating what I do into their bereavement program and their palliative care program so they've they've developed funds for their institution I also am a, a partner with the Miss Foundation which is a national nonprofit that supports families whose children and babies die uh, at any age of any cause um, and so through uh, the Miss Foundation I have uh, been able to receive uh, donations um, that I uh, use to uh, provide care to anybody uh, at any institution or or uh, anywhere um, now, would you fly around if somebody wanted you to come? I could potentially. Uh, it's, a, it's a more more difficult challenge, but I, I'm certainly willing and open to uh, hearing about those uh, those families. I have, uh, in years uh, past, uh, worked with a family who's uh, had a, a baby with a trisomy disorder. It was uh, was not expected to live more than eight months, and and uh, spent three years photographing her. Um, with her family um, and with with no no financial support to to do that work. Uh, subsequently, her six month old a six year old brother was diagnosed with leukemia, so the story became oh sadly uh, about both these children over the three year period. Wow! Um, incredible. And did story. both the and children end up dying? They did uh, actually Awful. six months apart. A very very difficult, very sad, uh, wow. tragic uh, story. But but beautiful in a way that that uh, this this family the, these parents so much were about including and, and making memories of of their time with with their uh, their baby and their older child that every moment counted and, and now they have this documentary uh, 
uh, story of of that time, which was so uh, dear to them. Well, that's that's uh, really wonderful because the reality is that, and we talk about it sometimes, is that Scott's life was 17 years, and that is the history of his life. Or if your child dies, that is the history of their life, and to have their life story basically mm-hmm. documented is an amazing thing. Right. You know, the one thing that I wanted to mention, I was thinking about it in the last segment when we were talking about how individuals respond differently. One thing I want to say is my husband was very involved in photographs of Scott and made photographic books and all that kind of thing, and he would have really enjoyed I'm sure he'll enjoy this show. And um, I didn't want to look at him, and now I enjoy them. It's been 25 years. So not everyone... Some people, photography is too deep in their heart. For some people, now they'll want it, and later they won't. So my message kind of is to our folks out there, don't expect everyone to respond the same way you do. To exactly, it. and I just want to add that this is not necessarily a, a, a modality or a service or what have you that is appropriate or right for every family. Um, and it really needs to be offered in that, in that, in that way that parents in their, in their hearts know what's right for them when, as, with any part of a bereavement program or offerings. Um, and as to the, to the use of the photographs, I, I meet with families uh, about five or six weeks after their loss to present an album of photographs to them. And it's a follow-up meeting that's much much like uh, a very therapeutic and, and a revisiting uh, of, of their time. And it's their choosing. If they wish to wait, we we meet later if they want the pictures sooner. You know, it's really so. As you were saying, uh, some families I have maybe one or two albums that have that are, I'm keeping safe for families that had a loss a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. So when they're ready, and and maybe they they will, they'll wait a few more years, but they they may find that they'll want those pictures. Maybe they'll even have siblings that want them. Yeah, exactly. I and I love how you're keeping them for the families until they're ready. Yeah, that's really wonderful. Now, this is all free that you're doing this? Yeah. <laughs> or, oh, wow, that, that's an, an amazing thing. What, what a wonderful service. Thank mm-hmm. you. And donations can be made at my website. Absolutely. <laughs> the foundation fund that I, that I have listed there. Yeah, talk about legacy. Is that your foundation? Sorry? The legacy. A legacy. No, the legacy work is uh, the other, uh, uh, the work I've been doing partly as, grew out of the work I did with the, the two children over the three years, which is um, uh, now including uh, adults at end of life and, and hopefully working with children, um, incorporating video as well as photography um, as a way of, of uh, making something that that can both be used by, by the, the dying person but also uh, those that uh, they leave behind to remember them and to... Uh, so it's... it's I ask some open-ended questions in the video portion as to what's important in their lives now, uh, what might they want to share with their families, and, and in many ways, uh, there's there's something about the well, I'll say the word anonymity. I don't. It's it's the fact that I'm not a family member. That right. Sometimes there's there's a willingness to share something with me that they're they've been wanting to talk to their families about, but uh, becomes a conduit to to make that happen, um, and it's, it's been 
very effective. Okay. Wonderful. Well, Todd, thank you so much for being on the show. It's a, Thanks, Todd. just been wonderful having you on the show, and the work you're doing is amazing. And I hope everyone will visit your website because um, you have wonderful information on there, plus you have great pictures, and uh, it's really uh, a fantastic thing you're doing. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. It's been wonderful having you on. So uh, please stay tuned again next Thursday at 9 Pacific Standard, 12 Eastern, for more of Healing the Grieving Heart, a show of hope, renewal, and support. Remember, others have been there before you and made it. You can, too. You need not walk alone. Thanks for listening. Um, Oh, next week I wanted to say we're going to have Death of a Twin with Linda Pulteney. Linda's twin sister, Paula, died in a plane crash, and uh, she'll be on the show with us next week. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Todd, as you have so eloquently said, your photographs affirm life while acknowledging loss. Thank you for taking these pictures and giving parents such an important gift. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.